Hi. For those of you who've never heard from me before, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Ethan. I'm the editor at Wonderfruit, which is a creative celebration of art, music, food, and ideas here in Thailand. This is a special edition of Wondercast, the semi-regular podcast produced by Wonderfruit. This episode of Wondercast is a collaboration between Wonderfruit and Scopes, an all-new virtual festival driven by Porsche, uncovering and accelerating innovative stories from the far reaches of our world. We've been away from the Wondercast microphone for a while, for some obvious reasons. And the most obvious of those reasons is, it's really hard to talk about events during a pandemic. We don't have any live events. Or if we do have events, they aren't in person. Which is what we want to talk about today. When the COVID-19 pandemic first arrived here in Thailand, we at Wonderfruit were probably naive in our optimism. But then, I feel like everyone was. We were all operating under the assumption that we just had to go home and physically distance ourselves, and it would only take two weeks. Which was exciting, even if it was a little scary. It was new, it was unexpected, and, and it was a challenge no one seemed to be really prepared for. So when the two weeks lasted a little longer, and after five months set at home, we had to make a really difficult decision and postpone Wonderfruit by a year. I've been thinking a lot about how this pandemic affected others in the same position. How did this pandemic impact live events for other people, for other promoters and organizers and performers? What did they do to respond to the changes? And what does this mean for the future of live events? What happens next? I rounded up some of the local industry's players to find out the answers. In collaboration with Scopes, we brought together three of Thailand's best connected and worst affected promoters to discover where we go from here, what innovations exist to help bridge this pandemic period, and what form events will take when we finally get to stage them again. First, we have the head honcho of Have You Heard Promotions, Guy Bromsaka. Hi, I'm Guy. Um, founder and concert promoter at Have You Heard. We've been bringing out mostly indie international acts to Bangkok for almost 10 years now. And I'm also a co-founder of Mahora Salt Festival. She's joined by Fung Lee, who took care of club culture during the lockdown all across Asia. My name is Fung Lee. I've been a musician and DJ producer for 10 years. When I moved to Asia, I started my own agency, HomeAway Agency, which is specialized in, in organizing tours for international DJs touring Asia. And during COVID, I was the initiator of United We Stream Asia. And we also have Wonderfruits founder, Pete Bonbrapa. Hi, my name is Pete. I'm the founder of Scratch First. Uh, Scratch First produces Wonderfruit, and most recently we launched a food platform called Fruitful. Everyone was affected differently when this all kicked off and continued, and their responses to the changing conditions created a lot of what will be the future framework for live events here in Thailand. Back in March last year, we were going to have a mini festival and that was impacted right away because that was one of the first events that had to be postponed because at the beginning of COVID, everything was really bad in the US. So obviously the artists couldn't fly out here. And at that point, we were hoping to be able to post postpone or re reschedule at some point. We didn't think it would be something that would last 
this long. Mm. That was back in the day where we all went yeah. home thinking it would be two weeks at home, right? Yeah, <laughs> and for Mahara, so I think we waited until second or third quarter before we decided that it's going to have to be cancelled for last year. Everyone was pretty lost because we never encountered any Things similar to you know what we went through. It was actually like the peak of tours in Asia. I was working on tours for my three biggest artists in the agency, and it would be like an Australia Asia tour. And also, like we were working for Southwest Southwest, more and more tours got cancelled, and we were like, mm-hmm. okay, we have no other choice than to cancel as well. What was Wonderfruit's timeline, and what happened when it was time to? close down and postpone and cancel and do all of those things? Well, as you guys said, I think Feb, right? We started hearing noise. And then, well, March, I guess, we were working on our food platform called Foodful and at that time. And, and lockdown was happening very quickly. You know, March going into April. I think by April, we were locked down, I, I guess, right? In yeah. I, I really felt like quite defiant about it, meaning, okay, it's happening, but let's try to do something. We couldn't do Wonderfruit. We knew we knew that. Um, actually seeing Maharasov cancel, seeing a couple other people cancel. And Wonderfruit is so dependent on an international community. Like 70% of our community comes from um, abroad, both from uh, ticket buyers and from a content point of view. So early on, that was decided very quickly that whatever we're going to do, it won't be under the Wonderfruit brand. So that led us to doing something. And and actually, the intention was like, we just wanted to do something for, 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 for Thailand. We just felt like, you know, it's such a shitty year. Let's do something fun and, you know, very accessible while trying to maintain, you know, some of the some of the ethos behind what we do. So we came up with this format that was supposed to be spread out over five weeks. The reason being that, you know, we just felt like we wanted to give people more of a chance so that they didn't need to come just this today. You know, it could be a little bit more relaxed, like a, a pop-up farm or you know, so we thought of it as more like a pop-up village and you could kind of choose your own weekend whenever you want to come with rotating program. It was like you see these little gaps and then and then this and then you would see it close down. But last year was a year when we saw the gap, we went for the gap and we tried to pry it open. And we went for it. We went for two gaps. We pried one open and the other one, we got quite lucky as well. Did any of you ever have that thought in your mind? Well, maybe events won't be back? I thought always I was smart (laughs) back then and I had several projects, but I was not that smart that all my projects were in the entertainment area. So, So, okay, I really had to rethink of like to be not affected at one point with one project at least that could, you know, give me some money or financial support because I was just having everything and it went from 100 to zero. And that was, I think, the most challenging thing also as living as an expat now in, in Thailand, of course, with, with not much support. That was, of course, like really hard as well. I was always well connected with my friends in Europe. And of course, I see what they're doing there. And I've been friends with Club Commission Berlin for a long time. And I saw what they were doing. And uh, I saw like how much support they got. And I, I got inspired by them to think like, hey, should I go back and just leave everything what I built up here? Or should I fight for it? And I felt like someone has to do something. And I just felt the need that, hey, that our industry 
especially now, needs support. So I felt like, okay, wow, what they're doing there, it's working. I want to do the same here. So that's why I approached them and I said like, hey, what about we go global with United We Stream? Mm. And they had the same idea. And I said, oh, I would love to take over Asia. What was United We Stream and what was the intention behind it? United We Stream was a non-profit organization that supports club culture, mainly clubs and bars. And of course, also the artists and nightlife workers. So we we did like streamings in different cities, in different clubs, and we're asking for donation to support those clubs and artists and nightlife workers. So it became what what would have been seen in a live setting, but streamed online. Right? Yes, exactly. So we wanted to give them the feeling like, hey, look, those are the clubs that you used to go and now it's empty, you know. And we thought of like this would be like a good idea to connect with other people. And for have you heard, was there ever an appetite for you to, to try and take it online? Yeah, it, it wasn't something we were really looking into, but we still wanted to maintain the sense of community. So we tried to find new ways to engage with our following and like still introducing new music and new artists by like creating exclusive contents and like doing interviews with you know the bands that we would have brought out here to do shows for but for us we're more for like live experience and the vibe and you know feeding off the crowd reaction to the performance why do you think crowds are so important to the industry? Why do you think it was that streaming wasn't really picked up in the same way? It's hard to replace human energy. I think we toyed with the idea. I mean, spent countless days like yeah. meditating and <laughs> thinking about how do you create a sense of space? We just couldn't find uh, the right approach. And I, I think that's to do with like, you, it's really hard to replace um, human connection. And this is the thing that keeps us going a little bit now, even during now, because we know that after this is done, and it's, and it's long, this fuck, it's like a year and yeah. a half already, it's yeah. crazy how long <laughs> this has been, but people will be hungry more. You know, there's yeah. gonna be this huge cultural like resurgence of yeah. just like wanting to connect for sure. But of course, technology is interesting and we cannot say that we're gonna dismiss it or ignore it. And I think this mixed reality format is going to become something interesting. So we're still studying, you know, we're, we're yeah. observing it, studying it, testing little things with it, but we want to get it right. So that's kind of like where, where we're at. I mean, I, I, I'm fascinated by all the technology that's going on and, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, everyone trying doing this stuff and, you know, keeping a close eye on it. But yeah, human connection, hard. I think really hard to replace that that energy. Yeah, yeah I think for, for some people, like for me and most people in my community, we don't go out that much we used to do like one or two shows per month and that's when we would get together and connect and share ideas and otherwise like without these shows like we wouldn't actually meet up anywhere so yeah we're still looking forward to like to the live events coming back and yeah feeding off each other energy and yeah that vibe again I think live events are so important. It's an integral of, of our identity, of our growth, of our development, especially when you think like our youth 
this is when I start, when I think about all the youth, we started of going out, you know, learn to socialize. It's something, education, it's it's something like that you cannot, you know, like substitute with something like live streaming or something like this. Also for musicians, I mean, what is the point of DJing or playing music in front of no crowd? Hmm. I mean, we did it in a live streaming and it's so weird because we are feeding from each other's energies. So... So a world without live events would not be be something worth living for, yeah. I would say. Yeah, there, there was a lot lost rather than just events, I think, when that disappeared. Have any of you prepared for a situation in which social distancing remains? A social distance. A socially distanced like, That's like a wonderful a wonderful word. Yeah. It won't work. Yeah. A wonderful in bubbles? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Especially no. for us, like we do mostly small to medium sized shows. So, like, social distance doesn't work. Show wouldn't yeah. work doesn't unless, work. yeah, like everyone is willing to like bring down their their price and their rate. Like, yeah. gotta be It will be not the same experience. Effort. No, yeah. Yeah. it will be that never too. the yeah. same experience. Like, like, social distancing, not dancing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's absurd for me. That's, that's, that's no, I think like that's really not possible. We did see a million different variations of what a socially distanced event might look like. Did, did any of you think any of that might work? I think like it depends on what kind of experience you do. Mm -hmm. If you do like something which you can sit and just listening to, like which is like a musical journey experience where you can just sit and listening to it, then yes, maybe. But like for something like dancing or like moving to it or interacting with 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 the musicians, I no, I don't think. But in the end, it's like. What we all want is to feel safe in an mm. environment, right? So we need to find solutions on how people feel safe. And I think, like, okay, the f there are there is hope for for live events coming back. Mobile Wonder was a good example of what might potentially be a future-proof solution, which is just scale. Yeah, but you have you have to factor in economies of scale. Right? Some things don't work small, some things do work small. And the fact that I mean, Muban was localized, meaning like you know we didn't there weren't anybody flying in, and all that. So yeah, I I'm hopeful live events come back. You can't have a world without live events. No way. You know, it's part of the social fabric. I mean, even going out to dinner is a live event, mm -hmm. right? It's an experience. Yeah, yeah. And imagine how much people miss even going to do something simple like that. It's so crazy. And so what's your scope for the future? So I realized first that I need uh, to have different projects in different areas diversify. <laughs> to diversify <laughs> my, my job for sure. But at the same time, I also realized that moving forward, I want to have what I have, whatever I'm doing, there should be a purpose and I want to make this place a better place somehow. For us, um, we're gonna try to shift our focus more on the local scene and strengthen the local community because we feel like, you know, there are so many young, talented artists, local artists, and there's so little support from, you know, the media in Thailand. And it's very diff difficult for them to get their music heard, you know, unless like they get picked up from like, Spotify or YouTube algorithm, you know, so we're trying to 
build a community where they can showcase their music, their talent, and connect it with like their potential fans and stuff. And that's why we're gonna open a record store and hoping it to be like a physical space where people can come and you know exchange and share music. But we're putting it on hold for a little bit. But hopefully, like in August or something, yeah. And then being the first festival to return after Wave Three. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or scope is well, we we've kind of like figured out that or methodology, the way we do things is like or the the real like intellectual property that we hold, and now we're just trying to see how we could positively influence that methodology.、Uh, we've been a little bit fortunate because we've been. Approached like you know, for example, even this podcast approached by a great brand like Porsche itself and other brand like-minded brands within our ecosystem, and we're trying to see which shared shared values we share and and trying to use like the learnings that we've had over the past six and seven years and trying to create new and exciting ideas. So、uh, just like to make sure people around you know us, the closest to us, and people around us that we can support one another. I guess in this time. Like you know, or one personal mantra that I thought right during COVID is like the only way you can get through this is really to help each other, I guess, and help、yeah. one another.、Yes. And I guess that's you know something that is、uh, still part of the scope until this thing's over, <laughs>、mm. <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> or even indefinitely actually helping each other. But I was gonna、yeah. say, don't give up helping each other. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I guess you know that's kind of the only way out of this thing.、Mm. You know,、yeah. just have to support one another. We're always stronger together. It doesn't matter. And but I, I, I see some really a lot of positive sides coming out of this pandemic as well. And I have to say, I never seen so many people working together. I never seen our local community growing that much、mm. during only this few months that we were open. I felt like the community grow more than the last four years、mm. I've been here. So you can see like. There are definitely positive sides、yeah. coming out of the pandemic, and this is also the things that we should focus on as well, instead of just complaining. Of course,、yeah. all the, all the bad things. Looking forward, all on, the, looking forward more positively. And finally, what are you looking forward to most when all of this is over? Yeah, to be able to put on shows again, and you know, get the community back together. Yeah. I'm looking forward to walking around without a mask on. Yeah, yeah, that's yes, or even in here talking yeah, without a mask, right? I hate these masks.、Uh, me too. This whole conversation, I'm like, it's not going to be the best audio quality, but we just don't have much of a choice until we are masked. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to dance and sweat and I don't know hug people and like just like I don't know really human interactions. I miss that so much. Mm. And music, live music. Yeah, live music. Oh my god, yeah, live music. Hearing live music again. The future of live events is still unclear, but I find myself feeling as optimistic as we all did back when this all first arrived. There's talent, ingenuity, and passion in the people behind live events, and it's a good thing because as humans, we need gatherings. We're always told we're a social species, and it's so true. We need the ability to come back together and celebrate, for whatever reason. Until then, we're gonna keep seeing creative people and ideas and platforms emerge to keep us all connected in different and new ways. 
This episode of Wondercast was brought to you by Wonderfruit and Scopes. Together, we've been documenting the ways Wonderfruit creates experiences and diving deeper into the untold stories of our gatherings. We've also produced documentary films and a wellness workshop, which you can discover at virtual.scopes.asia. That's virtual.scopes.asia. I'll talk to you again soon.